0: I told him that what my plans were. And he he flat out told me, he said, Do you really think that you're gonna improve at this age? I mean, I was I was 17. <laughs> I was like, well, I'd like to think I'm gonna improve at this age. What's the point of doing gymnastics? I had judges tell me that, you know, this is crazy. My parents thought I was a little nuts, uh, and they really only agreed because they still didn't pay for college since I an academic scholarship, you know, but I guess I had the support of my teammates and my coach and you know, my family supported me, but they did think I was nuts. I, I didn't do it to prove people wrong, but I think I opened up a lot of people's eyes as to the fact that you don't have to be done when you're a senior in high school.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Pama Jimdar and you're listening to Better Late, the podcast about adult gymnastics. If you're listening to this podcast, you already probably know that gymnastics doesn't stop at 18 even if the two routes are typically going to compete in college or continue as an elite. Liz Albert took a more unusual route back in the 90s. She gave up a chance to compete in college so she could become an elite, and she's been doing gymnastics ever since. She spoke to me about what it was like returning to gymnastics after having her first child and undergoing a scary pregnancy-related condition, what it's like to train now with an elite and training daughter, and oh, should adult gymnastics have professional sports leagues? Liz has thoughts on what that might look like. I hope you enjoyed this
0: episode. So I done some form of gymnastics for as long as I could remember. I did a youth programs from toddler age to 12. And then when I started junior high school, there's a girl in my class who went to the YMCA and she was pretty serious about her training and said, Why don't you come with me for a workout? And that's when I really started training seriously. And from there, I went, you know, level 10 nationals as a kid. Uh, I really wanted to be an elite gymnast. I told people I'd do gymnastics forever. Uh, I did qualify as an elite in my 20s. Um, I had stayed and went to a local college just so I could continue training at that level. And then uh I got pregnant at 28 with my first child and kind of thought, well, I'm gonna be done with gymnastics. You know, I did a little bit while I was pregnant, but kind of had settled in on the idea that, you know, that that was it. I mean, who does gymnastics after having a baby? You know, I'm coaching too during that time. And then uh, I had my child and developed serious help syndrome and I just needed a way to get better uh, health wise. So, you know, there I am coaching at the Y and we said, well, okay, let's, you know, start with some push-ups and a little, you know, jog down the vault runway. And that led to a cartwheel and a kip and a handstand and Oh, there's the tumble track. Maybe I'll try round off backhand right now. Uh, Before long, I was competing again, you know, and I realized that you don't have to give it up after having a child. I mean, you have different responsibilities and clearly my goal wasn't to make a national team or, you know, win any championships at at that moment in time. Um, My family was much more important to me during that period. And now, of course, um, you know, it just gave me a part of me back, I guess. And also, you know, it was just a way to get get healthy and keep myself healthy. A lot of people just go to a weight room. I go to the gymnastics center.
1: When you said that you stayed in order to go to a local college, so you, did you did you compete as an NC you didn't compete as a college like NCAA gymnast?
0: No, I was offered four scholarships to different universities. Uh but back then college gymnastics was nothing like it is now. I mean now these athletes are really amazing. Um, and it, it seems some, some of them are just continuing to improve, you know. Back then, I, I don't know how they do it now with the hours, but they really limited hours. You weren't allowed to do your chenkos because they were considered very, very dangerous. I had learned in your chenko when the safety zone didn't even exist on a horse, you know. Um, so it, it was just a lot different. And I really wanted to be an elite gymnast. So I took an academic scholarship to... Queens College, which was only a mile from my house. And I got a degree in anthropology there while training 40 hours, whatever I could get in the gym at the YMCA near my house where I had always trained. How many other people
1: like you, like stayed around to do that? I'm curious. Um,
0: Back then, I didn't know anybody and everybody thought I was nuts. The coach, he's not there anymore, but of one of the schools that I was looking to go to, I I went on a recruiting trip and I told him that what my plans were, you know, I, I hadn't qualified into the elite program. So I did need to pursue college options at that moment when I was senior in high school. And he, he flat out told me, he said, do you really think that you're going to improve at this age? I mean, I was, I was 17. (laughs) I was like, well, I'd like to think I'm going to improve at this age. What's the point of doing gymnastics? Uh, Needless to say, if I had not qualified to the program, I wasn't choosing that school to begin with after (laughs) that comment. But yeah, I had judges tell me that, you know, this is crazy. My parents thought I was a little nuts uh, and they really only agreed because they still didn't pay for college since I had an academic scholarship, you know, but I guess I had the support of my teammates and my coach and my family supported me, but they did think I was nuts. Um, And, you know, I just, I I didn't do it to prove people wrong, but I think I opened up a lot of people's eyes as to the fact that you don't have to be done when you're a senior in high school. Yeah.
1: How old were you when you
0: ended up qualifying to elite? Uh, So I, I qualified to participate in the elite zone meets when I was a senior in high school at level 10 regionals, which that allowed me to make the decision to stay home. And then in the middle of my sophomore year of college, I was about 20 was when I actually competed at my first elite national meet. And that's when you're considered elite. Um, so that was age 20 is officially when I became an elite. Wow. That's,
1: that's amazing for you to be just to- it sounds like just one of the only ones where you were to do that and to follow that path, which isn't really, like you said, a lot of people around you were telling you that you were crazy and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't do it. But you said you had the support of your coach. So that was yeah. kind of all you needed, somebody to walk you through like the technique.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. You mentioned um, help syndrome. Mm-hmm. What? What? is that exactly? And how did, how does that affect somebody?
0: So the doctors don't understand it a hundred percent. They think it's some form of preeclampsia and some people develop it before pregnancy. Um, I mean, before delivery, but a lot of people have no symptoms whatsoever. And then after pregnancy, all these crazy things appear, basically, um, your blood pressure was very, very high. Your blood stops clotting. You, your kidneys stop functioning. Your liver shuts down. I actually weighed more after pregnancy from all the edema than I did before. I mean, after delivery than before delivery. You know, and I really, I had a wonderful pregnancy. I would have never thought that I had any kind of issue that was going to arise when I went in to have the baby, but. Um, yeah, I just, I can't really remember much. I, I know I had to have an emergency C-section. They put me to sleep because the baby's heart rate was dropping. And then I vaguely remember waking up in the ICU. I didn't see my little girl for a bunch of days. I had to be transferred to another hospital uh, to get better care. It was a good 10 to 14 days in the hospital. And then they finally did send me home and they really said the only reason they think that I recovered is because I was in such good health going into it, you know, and I'm fortunate. I have no lingering symptoms where many people do still have issues with their kidneys or liver, the pressure from the blood pressure being so high also causes you to have, you know, what they call the blindness. You can see light and like, you know, person would come in, but you could only see like an outline. You really couldn't see features of things. Um, So I I don't have any eye issues either, which I'm very thankful for. And my daughter also has no issues from, from the problem.
1: Wow. Well, that, that's great. And it sounds like you said you are in such good physical shape because gymnastics that, that really helped you. Did that affect, how did that possibly affect your emotional or, you know, mental state about working out because Mm went through this like kind of life-threatening condition and you said that you didn't have any lingering effects after, but how soon after did you decide, okay, I need to get active again and decide that gymnastics yeah. is the way you're yeah. Do you have any like doubts about
0: whether or not you should even do anything? When I was at the hospital and I was finally lucid enough to be aware of what was going on, working out was not even a thought in my mind. I mean, it was just, okay, how are we going to get out of the hospital? Like, is this really ever going to end? But I remember so well the first day we left the hospital. um, We lived in Queens in New York City. And of course, there's never any parking. So my husband had to drop me off in front of the house and then go find a parking spot. And I took the baby with the little carrier that you have in, in the car with the car seat. And I could barely walk from the car to our door, like carrying her. I mean, she was five pounds and the car seats, like maybe five pounds. I mean, you know, and I I remember having to put her down and rest and think, Oh my, my, how am I ever going to be, you know, a functioning human being again? How am I going to be a mom? I I can't even pick up my kid in her car seat. And that just kind of made me feel like, boy, we really need to, you know, get going and get myself healthy. Um, The doctor made me wait six weeks from delivery before he said I could go do anything. And, you know, we started at a weight room um, because of something we always did in our life. But I was coaching too. That's kind of like, boy, maybe I can just, you know, try a little jump here and a little swing here. And we, we never, it was never really a decision like, okay, we're gonna start training now. It was just really, you know, let's work out a little bit. It's more fun than lifting weights, uh, you know, just, to get better. Um, and then a few months later I was doing some gymnastics. I actually competed at USA IGC nationals six months after having my daughter Maribel, um, in the premier division. So (laughs) I guess it was kind of quick. It seemed like it was a very long time, but it was pretty quick getting back, back into things. And you've just been doing gymnastics ever since Yes, I did take another break for another child Um, and we made a move from New York to Pennsylvania and it took us about a year to build our gym. Um, And unfortunately, I had a knee surgery and a shoulder surgery in there, you know, um, take some breaks there, but never a break because I couldn't or didn't want to do gymnastics, like just moments in time where I needed a pause, I guess. Mm -hmm.
1: So And then you didn't have any, any issues with help syndrome with your second child?
0: No, I was considered high risk and they made me see an unbelievable amount of doctors during that nine months. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, thank goodness. We had no problems. Um, I was in there for my normal three days and back home. And when I hit that six week mark, I was just back in the gym again.
1: Wow. Wow. So
0: what is your life in
1: terms of gymnastics look like now? You mentioned that you're a gym owner too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I homeschool my kids every morning. And then my oldest is uh trying to enter the elite program. So we go in about one o'clock and I train with her. And I we have a small group of homeschool kids uh who are also trying to, you know, do some higher level gymnastics. They're nines and tens right now. and uh, we all train together till about five o'clock when the regular after school program comes. I coach the up and coming team with my husband and then seven or eight o'clock depending on when everybody leaves, I get another hour or so in. And then we go home, I get the kids to bed and we start all over the next day. How, you may have just mentioned so. I'm sorry if I didn't, but I,
1: I missed it like so how many days are you uh, how many hours per week are you like training? Mm-hmm. how does it compare in terms of like time on the equipment and time spent? Mm-hmm conditioning and do you have to do a lot of conditioning being that you are um, a formal, former I know, that's probably a silly question but I yeah. you know, maybe maybe there's an exception
0: <laughs> I I wish I could do more conditioning because it would probably help me a lot but there's always a time limit you know I'll get in the gym about 115 130 and you know first I have to answer phone calls and you know if someone left a mess I clean it up so I'm always scrambling to get on the equipment as best I can I usually get at least two hours in the morning. Sometimes I'll get three, I call it morning, but it's really afternoon. You know, right now I'm mostly on bars because I have a, I don't know, like performance issue going on. So we're just taking some time off tumbling and vaulting. So it's pretty easy to get what I need done. But when I'm doing all around, it is always a scramble to get things done. And I try to do conditioning in between turns, as opposed to separating a time from it. The evening workouts, are hit or miss, depending on, you know, if I get called over with parents, or if I'm just too exhausted, because I'm an old lady from the day, you know, I'd say I'm anywhere between 10 and 15 hours a week now. And when I was a kid, and the only obligation I had was school is more like 40 hours a week, even when my first child was born, and you know, she was just a baby, she'd come to the gym with us, and I could still get that training done. But Now I homeschool and I'm running the gym, you know, it just, it is a big challenge to get everything done. And sometimes it's frustrating because I have type A personality and, you know, I just want to do everything to the best of my ability. And when I look at my gymnastics, I sometimes feel like, boy, this is not, you know, what I could do. Um, But then I look at my children and my family and I see that that's much more important and I said, well, I'm getting done what I need to do. I want to do with on that end of my life. Um, and it's always going to come first, you know, so there's just a different balance, I guess. What is the, do you have adult gymnastics programming at your gym? Mm-hmm. I don't have an official adult program, but we do have a handful of parents who were interested in coaching and they work out. We took them a few years ago to AAU regionals. I now have a new group of coaches who are working out and I'm encouraging them to do AAU nationals. I think this year they're going to watch because their kids are in it uh, and they're going to see that they could do it next year.
1: I think that's, that's amazing. I mm-hmm. think the more gym owners there are who are out actually doing gymnastics, I don't even yeah. know. I think that, <laughs> that gives you a perspective on adult gymnastics that most um, wouldn't have. Have Has anybody, do you have any plans to expand the programming or is it really just like for now that that's meeting the needs of what the adult the mm-hmm.
0: want to do? I think for, we're a very small community. And for now, I think that's meeting most of the needs. Um, the hardest part right now with starting an adult program is who would coach it because all my adults, including myself, want to work out. Um, So to assign someone to be a coach is a challenge. Um, But my husband and I, we talk about it, um, you know, how we're expanding our program in general for the kids and and the adults. Uh, But we do kind of feel, not that gymnastics is only a child sport, but we want the adults that are in our program to also be giving back to the kids. We kind of feel that's, important. So that's kind of why we have it set up the way we do. If if most of our parents who are coaches, they were interested in also training. And we said, okay, let's teach you to coach. And we needed that because when we opened, there had never been gymnastics in a good hour and 40 minute radius of us. So we didn't have a lot of coaches to draw on. We just had to make them ourselves. So it was kind of a nice little deal to say, you know, if you learn to coach, um, we'll also teach you gymnastics. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they were really happy with that. That deal.
1: Yeah, that's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you said your oldest is an elite right She's now? not qualified elite, but she's been to some of the elite qualifiers. Um, she's come close, but hasn't put it all together yet. Are you her coach, or is your husband her coach, or both? Um, my husband does 99% of her gymnastics coaching, and I do 99% of her schooling. This way she always has someone to run to when she's unhappy with us on either end of it. Has having a daughter
1: who's an elite and you're still training, like mm-hmm. I wonder, does the one affect the other in any way?
0: Not really. We're really good at working together. Up until more recently, you know, she, she was a lower level. Um, I should probably didn't even think about what I was doing, you know, being, being younger. Um, uh, I think now she's, she kind of likes if she does a skill that I, I can't do, um, she comes to tell me about it, uh, <laughs> but I'm just happy for her. I mean, you know, she, if she really wants to pursue her goals, she has to get a whole lot better than I ever was to, to go be successful. So, you know, every time she does that, it just makes me happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, based on everything your unique path. I mean, you stayed to go to a local college so you could become an elite and then you did it. And then you continued into your twenties um, and had a very serious very serious health issue, which I'm sure put a lot of things into perspective for you. Mm-hmm. I love
0: to see adults doing gymnastics. Um, my favorite meet of the year right now is the AAU national meet where they make a session of just adults. Um, Although I hear, I always get the letters wrong. I think it's NAIGC. Is that the the one? Um, I've never participated in that one because uh, their national meet always falls when our level nine or 10 national meet could be, or maybe it's regionals. It always just falls where I'm going to be obligated as a coach um, to take kids to an event. Um, So I've never even pursued that league. And I hear it's great, but I love getting together with all these adults at, at AAU nationals. And people, some are like me who did it as a kid and just never stopped, or did it as a kid and stopped and then did it again, or others just they're doing gymnastics and they started when they were 40, you know? Um, and every story is so amazing to hear. And it's just so wonderful to see people enjoying themselves in a fabulous sport. Um, you know. I would love to see this sport grow into something that kids could look forward to in their adult years, Um, not only recreationally, um, where it is now, but professionally. um, You know, I think it's really a shame that kids can enter pretty much any other sport and feel like not only would they go to the Olympics, which is wonderful, but they could have a career in the sport that they love. You know, these little league baseball players, soccer players, you know, track stars, they can all one day dream about making a living doing their sport and gymnasts can't. And I think that that's very unfortunate. And I would love to see that become something. Um, And not to like said, not to say that the recreational end of it isn't wonderful because there's recreation of every other sport as well because of course it's only a small percentage that go into that professional field but to not have that I think is very un- unfortunate in our sport
1: what do you do you have any thoughts on how, what could get us closer to that like as um, a, somebody who's a formerly and training yeah. gym owner I'm curious if you
0: uh, uh my husband did a lot of work on on a plan for that um you know, to make something where we would have to kind of get away from the individual. If you look at most sports like football, you don't root for one person, you root for a team, you know, Um, to make different teams in big cities where they compete with each other. You know, I don't know how exactly it would, it would work, but I think it would be fabulous if you could go and, you know, win bars at, you know, the professional meet and get paid for it. I mean, you know, I think a lot of athletes, the, the college athletes are much fitter, much healthier. Now they're, they're coming out of the sport, not broken like they did in my years. Um, but they have no Avenue to continue training those hours and putting that time and in intensity because they need a full-time job, you know? Um, but I bet people would pursue it if that was their full-time job.
1: So you, based on like the plan that you, your husband put together, do you think it, it starts with adults where they can putting teams together and it, not from like somewhere on the grassroots level because
0: it, it um, would the top kind of? Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at every other professional league, it tends to be adults. Um, I think that football requires one year of college before they can be drafted. Um, I know my, my husband wrote all this up, so I don't know it so clearly, but he's really into football too. So (laughs) he, he kind of looked at how football developed and he modeled a program after that. Um, You know, I don't know if it would ever come, come through and someone would take a look at what he wrote and do it, but it it would really just, just be amazing. Um, He had kind of like a You have your two teams, they'd all be dual meets and, you know, team A would send up one gymnast and they get a score. And then team B could decide who they want to send up, who they feel could beat that person. So if they got a higher score, team B would get a point. So it wouldn't just be adding up your scores. You'd end up getting points based on if, you know, you beat each person. Um, And he did a, for the finances, he did a profit sharing model where you know, everything collected from the, the spectator entrance would be divided up percentage wise by the athletes so that sponsorships from these companies wouldn't be necessary because you always end up losing sponsors and stuff like that. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm just putting out a lot of nonsense, but <laughs> he's got the plan in his head. Maybe one day he'll be not so involved in all the crazy things we're doing and, and put that together. I love it. I love it.
1: I think you should just put it out there now. <laughs> think
0: about it. That uh-huh.
1: Professional league for gymnastics in the U.S. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Europe has something similar, like their athletes do get paid for some of their events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know how the ins and outs of how it works.
1: There, we have, we talk a lot in the adult gymnastics community about gyms, not like some gyms saying that they can't insure, insure adults and some can, is there something, um, in the insurance plan at your gym where, um, like, does it cover the coaches and thereby like they're also learning? Like it covers
0: that. Uh, yeah, we do pay a little extra to have a handful of adults. Um, but they also, they're also covered through workers' compensation when They are working for us on payroll. Um, You know, I think think gyms in general are probably just worried about being sued. And I mean, I don't study statistics on this issue, but maybe statistics show that adult athletes who hurt themselves sue more than when their children get hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if that's true or not but I think that that's a concern. Um, You know, AAU also helps with the medical coverage Mm -hmm. for the adult athletes, but not the coverage for being sued. So there's like a gray line where everything falls. Um, Yeah, I do think that that is an issue, Um, you know, keeping adults healthy. I know even from myself as a well-trained athlete, I can't take the same falls I did when I was a kid, you know? Um, I don't even think I could take a fall. Like, <laughs> just, you know, uh, just much more fragile now than when I was younger. Um, yeah. So I, I think they just want to keep everybody safe. Um, maybe that that's where they're thinking.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Liz, thank you so much for... <laughs> Join me today. Are you on Instagram or anywhere where people can follow you?
0: I'm not on Instagram, but I have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome! Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, is that under your um, Liz Albert is your married name, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, awesome. And okay. Is that your personal page or or uh, like a yeah, that's my personal page, and then I also have our gym page is Endless Mountains Gymnastics. Okay, where are you? Lo- where is that based? Lycoming, Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. It's just a small town in the middle of nowhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, Liz, I think your story is just amazing. The fact that in a time when, you know, just, well, I mean, most people would choose just to go on to a college career automatically. And I think that's Mm -hmm. great, but you knew what you wanted. You wanted to be an elite and then you made it happen, even though it sounds like very few people believed in you, but you believed in you and then here you are today, still uh, still training and competing. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Better Late. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. If you have guest or episode suggestions, send an email to Pod. that's B-E-T-T-E-R-L-A-T-E-P-O-D at gmail.com.